Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Welcome to today's episode. We have the opportunity to speak with a really good friend of mine, Aubrey Caswell. Oh, no, Aubrey Taylor. She's <laughs> no longer Caswell. Um, when I knew her, she was. Um, and she's a longtime homeschooler. I've uh, been through the projects, but will you just take a little bit of time to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about your background, your history, a little bit what you're doing right now? Yeah. So, like, she said, Aubrey Taylor, and I was homeschooled for most of my life. I actually met my husband at a Lemmy co-op when we were 12. He was shorter than me, so I was not interested in him until he got taller than me. <laughs> and then when he got, he we were in, um, actually, we did all of the projects together. And so I feel like that created a really powerful relationship for us, the ability to have deep conversations about things. And so- when he got taller than me, then I got interested. And so they were now married. We have three children that we homeschool and we both run businesses, coaching teenagers in different aspects. My husband does sword fighting and I do leadership training for teenagers. So we love it. We're actively involved in our community um, and traveling around the country, all sorts of things, building and impacting the lives of youth. I did not remember that you and Zach were together, but looking back, like, oh yeah, does you you were in Commonwealth <laughs> like from the beginning together, on and off. I mean, as your family went different places, but that's mm -hmm. cool. So, of the projects that you've been through, do you have a favorite? Does Shakespeare count this one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, a hundred percent Shakespeare. Like that is my that I love that and like the more I look back on all of these, especially as I was preparing for this, just thinking about the impact that these have had on my life. I think that the Shakespeare conquest and, and theater in general is, and I'm saying this with like a grain of salt, but like a form of therapy in that the ability to discover how to be different ways and how to try on different feelings in a safe place, how to act out certain things, like I look at who I am today and I'm like, holy cow, this is all because of all the practice that I got trying on all sorts of different ways of being and knowing that I am a lot bigger than just this story I make up in my mind. So I have a follow-up question to Do you think it shakes, it had to be Shakespeare. Do you think it could have been as impactful of a class if it was just, let's do a theater club? Like why Shakespeare? Um, I love the um, deep dive into the language, into the understanding. It gave all of us a common language. And then to hear the ways different people interpreted it, it was like, wait, what? That's how you read it? Or that's how you say it? Or like you put the emphasis on one certain word and all of a sudden it changes. Or you like, look up what that word actually means. And you're like, whoa, that's not at all what I was saying. Like, I feel like it contributed to that common language that allowed us to go deeper 
and build relationships, that kind of thing. I think theater clubs are awesome and theater, you know, I've, I'm actually been a theater teacher now in multiple different schools and I think it's great, but I always am like Shakespeare is the way to go. So. So I actually was just listening to one of my favorite podcasts and they were talking about how it's so crucial to develop a common vocabulary among people Mm -hmm. because like if you don't they can't actually think and so they did studies where they came up with these absurd illogical um um like uh, objectives and they presented them to people and the your ability to follow an absurd illogical you know objective was mostly dedicated like pre-dedicated or predicted by your vocabulary range yeah and so like if you had a bigger depth of vocabulary you actually have a stronger ability to decipher logic and reasoning and truth but if you don't develop that vocabulary it height it it hinders your ability to actually find truth and so Mm -hmm. this guy was talking about how he was in a humanities professor and so he actually developed courses where he would go in and he'd teach the humanities in form of like the Greek, uh, um, Greek plays and Greek tragedies or, and Greek authors and teach those to like inner city kids. And people are like, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. Like my kid needs to be on the farm. My kids need to be doing this. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, no, actually like as they learn to develop this vocabulary and they understand the history behind this, then they can learn how to be human and how to make healthy choices from other people and other mistakes and not necessarily have to do it themselves. <laughs> so like, yeah. It's life changing, and and I I was saying like I love theater. It's one of my favorite things, and my my family grew up doing a lot of musical theater. We have a lot of musical theater in our home, but it wasn't I think until you you're right that depth that comes with Shakespeare is like irreplaceable. It's so yeah, hard to hundred percent. Yeah, so I hundred percent agree with you on that. So <laughs> did you go on and then mentor Shakespeare ever yes, or multiple times? Do you have a favorite memory of ma- mentoring Shakespeare you want to share with us? Um, I've done it multiple times. So like, I can't even like every single one is the best that's ever been, you know, (laughs) but I think overall, my favorite experience is just watching the kids in their audition versus watching them at the end, you know, these super shy or awkward, strange 12 and 13 year olds or 14 year olds. And then you watch them at the end and they're confident and they're declaring themselves moving their body. It's like this owning of who they are that I'm like, man, they're going places. They're going to do anything they want to because they discovered that in themselves. Like that every single time is my favorite to just watch people discover themselves. Yeah. Shakespeare is one of the few uh, projects I I really haven't gotten into. Um, But as a mom, all five of my kids have gone through Shakespeare and I've been able to see all of these kids in our community go through it and how they start out until, and then, you know, when they graduate, I guess it's also through classical acting, the classical acting project, but oh my gosh, the growth that happens just in those projects, just because of those projects. It's a, yeah. it's just amazing. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And to sit on the other side of it, like, I mean, I was in the project and stuff, but then to mentor it is like even more extraordinary to watch someone else experience that. It's like, 
unreal that impact in my own life and just in everything. It's beautiful. Okay, we were talking earlier about how I can be somewhat tangential, but I feel like this is an important question, and I think I, I value you as an expert in this field. So I'm going to ask you this question, but you said earlier that when you, you see their transform physically in their body, mm-hmm. and I've been noticing, I'm currently mentoring Shakespeare, and I've been noticing that getting the kids to feel comfortable with their body is like pulling out teeth. And I'm wondering, in your experience, do you feel like it's becoming a more difficult problem getting kids to be in their bodies? Or if it's just, I wasn't aware of this problem before, (laughs) but I just like pulling teeth to get these kids to use their body to like paint a box or use their body to like show me they're walking on the moon in in high heels. Like I'm really having a hard time. And I'm wondering if, if you're seeing that trend in the youth that you work with or if or if if you've seen how Shakespeare can help with that. So absolutely Shakespeare can help with that. Like I think every kid, especially nowadays, should be in some type of theater for that reason. Just to try it on and practice. You know, so many of them get in a box of the way they should be or the way they just have always done it. And so to experience and practice some other way, that's not like, Oh, this doesn't have to be me. I can go pretend this I think is super healthy. And then a hundred percent I'm noticing that. And that comes from all sorts of different things. A lot of it is um, access to media and information and a right way of doing things. There's like, you know, if you don't know the answer, you look it up, or if you don't know how to do something, you look it up versus, trying to come up with it in your brain. So I think a hundred percent that is impacting. And I also believe that Shakespeare is the answer is one of them like theater. That, that is way. so insightful. I had never put that together because you're right. You've never had to go through the physical action of pulling out a dictionary, flipping through the pages and finding <laughs> how to say this word. So like they really are detached physically from a lot of learning and growing. Mm-hmm. It's true because mm-hmm. like I just caught my my little girl. She's like eight. Alexa, how do you spell this word? And then she'll say it, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I even catch myself with my kids. Um, we're having a conversation, and I'm like, I don't know. Let's uh, let's look it up. Let's watch a YouTube video. Like I don't have time to figure this out with you. Let's just go watch a YouTube video. And then I literally was like, wait, whoa, 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 no. Like, hey, what do you think about that? You know, it, okay, we will definitely go look it up later. And let's pretend like we don't know. Like, what do you think could be? And even in my young kids, my oldest is eight. And we he still has this, like, well, why would we try and figure it out when we can just learn right now? Like, we'll find the answer right now. I'm so glad I asked that question. That is so insightful and it's really going to help me. <laughs> I'm sorry if I take like the podcast time to like benefit my own learning. <laughs> One other thing to think about too, Tati, is that I mean, like I have my five boys and my four older ones were all together. And then I had seven and a half years later, I had my youngest. He grew up watching his kids, watching his brothers in Shakespeare. He started being an extra in Shakespeare when he was just tiny Mm -hmm. and you're dealing with a, a younger group, a new group that your kids do not have that example of their older kids that they've seen going through this. 
And so they're like, they don't know what they're doing. Where, I mean, my youngest, oh my gosh, he, he's been in it since birth. Yes. And so it's just second, na- <laughs> second nature and that'll be your youngest. Yeah. Hopefully that's the plan. So I really appreciate that feedback though. Cause it's just been something that as I've been teaching and mentoring, I'm like, Whoa, this is a new pattern I'm seeing, but I really love that, you know, going through the physical struggle to find an answer to a question. There's a lot of value in that. So, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of growth in that as well. I think that's fascinating. So one of the things that, uh, you know, the Lemmy projects focus on heavily is mentoring. And I want to kind of ask you what role did mentoring play in your early life and what role do you feel like it plays now? Um, I felt like mentoring was for me, the, one of the really beautiful things was the ability to receive feedback from somebody that I loved and cared about with in this, like, I know that, that all they were focused on was my growth and my best self and me learning something. And so I was able to listen to them in a way I wouldn't have listened to my parents. And now as a teen coach, this is literally what I tell parents all the time. I'm like, it has to come from someone other than you. And I'm like, in fact, I will tell them all the same things you are telling them, but I will be (laughs) like praised and like, I'm like, I'm literally going to tell them exactly what you tell them. And in fact, I even have a form where you can send me some of the things that you want said. And I was like, but because it comes from someone outside of you, their parents, like they listen and it, our, our, the teenage brain is designed that way, you know, to separate, to go be independent. And so when it comes from an outside source, and a beautiful outside source of a mentor who's like specifically trained and guided in how to be there for that student. I think it is one of the most amazing, like life-changing things. And in particular, that ability to receive feedback. I, I definitely agree. I've had so many instances where my boys, I mean, it's, they come home from, um, from classes and they're like, Hey mom, guess what? You know, Mrs. So-and-so said, and I'm like, that for weeks and you finally hear it. You know, I don't say that out loud. Normally I can, can catch myself, yes. but I'm like, yes, you know, okay, score. Let's, you know, let's do this. I hadn't even, you know, I usually don't even say that to their, their mentors, but somehow it gets through. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> and as a mentor it's also happened where you know like I I remember this one uh one kid who was just really pushing his parents and I knew about it and he told me I mean this is just a an example of one of the things he said it's like well I want to go out and um get a bunch of tattoos all over my body and I knew that wasn't what his parents wanted and I said okay why do you want to do that and you know, and then he told me, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, do you think it would limit your um your ability to get, you know, do anything in, in your life? And he said, Well, yeah, it might make it harder for me to get jobs. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's something to think about, right? <laughs> and he kind of looked like, Yeah, it is. I still don't think he has a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. I love that you said, you know, it's a person who's trusted. And I think that's really unique to like a uh, Commonwealth community is that mm-hmm. looking back, I really did have a lot of trusted adults in my life. You yeah. Know? And I don't necessarily think that my parents agreed a hundred percent like theologically or or even you know educationally mm-hmm. with the other adults involved in commonwealth but they had a common vision and a common value language and language yeah and they played a really like crucial part in in my life um and just like yes. when i went to start work at the capitol my my mentor was i was 14 and my mentor was um a chain smoker had the worst possible mouth she swore all the time and she was um she was agnostic so she didn't really believe in a god at all and my i came from a pretty religious home <laughs> like looking back i'm like wait why did my parents think that i could drop me off at the capitol <laughs> building at 14 with this person and like thinking back was like that even though she didn't have like everything in common with me she had the same like enough in common with my parents that they could trust that she, she, you know she never smoked around me if she smoked it was always like you know mm-hmm. she'd leave and she never smore, swore around me um but she <laughs> heard her swore a lot around other people <laughs> but like um and so like i think it's just like very interesting to, as a parent t- how do you find those mentors and then also like how do you just trust that your kids are going to be okay in those mentors because i feel like our generation particularly we're hesitant to trust anybody really you know does that make any sense like are you pretty... saying me as a parent i'm well, like, hard to trust or like no like i feel like the the millennials we isolate and we just like oh the whole world's out to you know harm us or harm our child like <laughs> you know like <laughs> so people how do people find you? Yeah. Or find people like you. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So circling back to like the intention of this, I actually feel like my education in Commonwealth and Lemmy programs has made it so that I am not one of those millennials. And in like, I'm saying this, like it's going to sound like I'm really egotistical or whatever, but Every room I walk in, every mom's group, every program, like whatever I am, someone, people are like, how are you doing that? Like, how do you live that way? How do like, why do you think like that? You know, (laughs) you know, like, why are you so free to trust people? You know, and obviously with, I don't do, I'm not stupid, you know, but not naive. Yeah. I'm not naive. There you go. But I feel like that whole what the way you described millennials is not true for me because of my commonwealth education and i also do see that it is totally true for a lot of millennials so why did commonwealth give that to you you feel like what what was it about it um one of the things i was thinking about is i the um ability to know that everyone has a different opinion and then at the same time that I have a way of thinking that is different than anyone else so like everyone has value and also I have value and so I can go what I'm up to is finding value and expressing value 
I love that. My sister and I just had like a two hour intense discussion. We were like yelling at each other over <laughs> a Disney movie that just came out and our just different perspectives, right? And, at, and then I, like we're in the middle of this discussion, I'm like, oh shoot, oh, my husband's going to kill me. I was supposed to be home an hour ago and I got to do this and that. And she's like, okay, yeah, you got to go. And, and I was like, are you angry or upset? She's like, oh no, why would I be angry? I love that you have a different opinion than me. And I think it's awesome that we can have intense discussions and I'm not offended or hurt yes. or frustrated mm -hmm. at you. It's just like, and you know what? I, I don't agree with your opinion. I, I'm not going to change my opinion to match your opinion, but I'm really grateful you have your opinion because that's what makes this yeah. world function is people with yep. different opinions. Yes. And, and it was like her kids were in the room, her teenage kids were in the room and their jaws just hit the floor because they were like, what? Adults can have conversations like this and then they can end with like, oh yeah, okay, see you next Sunday when family dinner and like not be <laughs> mad or upset or like we were like yelling at each other. Like we were full on like intense yelling at each other. And, mm -hmm. but we also, I also think it's, you know, it's Commonwealth also taught you that people have different opinions and, and you have your own opinion, but I also feel like Commonwealth taught you there's appropriate ways to share your opinion. A hundred percent. You can't like, you can't use non sequitur or you can't, you know, use straw mm -hmm. man. You can't use all these logical fallacies. They don't hold up and your, your mentors don't let you use them. And yes. so you learn to, 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 to be disagreeable appropriately. Yes. I love that you bring that up because I am looking back at like all the fights that we got in. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And on like how passionate I was. And I even, I, there's times I'm even like, I think about like things I did with my friends and I'm like, look at teenagers now. And I'm like, they're like, what do we do? Or, you know, like we're bored. And I'm like, don't you want to like go have a conversation with your friends? I'm like, go read a book and then go have a book discussion. You know, like I remember gathering at your house and all of us had just read a book or something. And it's like, that was our version of a party was let's have a powerful conversation and like argue with each other. But always from that space of as soon as we're done, you know, we're going to play something or do something. But it was like, I felt like my mind was lit up. I was on fire because there was like, I mean, now I'm always studying and learning and growing. And like in science, your cells are either expanding or contracting and so as a human being you are either expanding or contracting and I felt like commonwealth or that this the whole experience that the leadership education gave me that I was consistently expanding and that is exciting and it's terrifying in a lot of ways you know and there's times where I had to like take a step back but I always felt on fire because I was expanding there was always a different point of view somebody else's way of looking at it but it was expansion. Wow. I love that. It's true though. It's like, it's, it, you build a culture where it's the fun comes in the, the hard work of, of learning. And mm -hmm. I feel like that was, it's very unique. Like speaking to my siblings as we've gotten older and they <laughs> raising their own kids are like, how did we get so lucky to have such close, close friends? Yeah. Like I would say our friends are, I mean, now even like years later we don't see each other very often if ever but we'd still like my husband came to a party it was like you know eight years after commonwealth and we got came together with a bunch of people who were you know in the commonwealth me and he's like you haven't talked to these people in like eight years and it's like you never even left them I'm like well yeah <laughs> yes. why would it be any different we're really close like and i'd still treat them all the same you know right now like and yeah. feel a lot of immense love for him right now and 
my husband's like, I want you to make this for my kids because that's something I never had. I never had people in my life who I mm. felt loved me for who I was immensely and that I, I loved them back the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And when 100%. people tell me, like, you don't look homeschooled, I'll be like, well, it kind of wasn't. <laughs> You know, like I had a normal, healthy, awesome teenage. We used to do crazy stuff. We did you you went with us to like the the mall and we did those missions. Remember when we would like do those yes. <laughs> It wasn't dangerous or illegal. It was just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. We used to do crazy stuff. But it was hel- it was awesome. So I'm glad you're making me remind me of that. And I think I don't know, like, um, Someone came up to Natalia, like uh, one of the parents, I think, I can't remember whose, whose parent it was, but they were like, I am so eternally grateful that you are my friend, my children's friend, because you made the difference in their childhood. And she's like, where, where are all the me's for my kids? <laughs> <laughs> we're interrupting this broadcast to remind you to share and subscribe. Also, be sure and check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. Like, I guess you have to make them. I don't know. Build a commonwealth. You have to make them. I don't know how they got made. Mm -hmm. Well, I know all of my friends that I made in building a commonwealth, building that library community. It's the Mm -hmm. same way. I mean, it's, it's as a parent, the commonwealth is the project. I mean, Mm -hmm. you are putting together this community and you learn the same things and you know, I'll go years without talking to some of those women that, you know, I wrote, I helped, we wrote the constitution for our community together. And it's like yesterday. I just, Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I noticed something recently. So I was on social media and everybody's got their opinions on everything, you know, and they're posting them in front of everybody's faces. And there's times where I will, you know, just when I'm in a moment, I'm like, you know, that idiot or stupid opinion or whatever. And then I noticed that somebody posted something similar to things I had been like idiot or whatever, but it was one of my old Commonwealth friends. And I was, because of who they were, I was like, okay, well, I would consider that. I'll think about it. And like, (laughs) I just noticed like, yeah, I haven't talked to them in years, but because of who they are, I was like, okay, they're not stupid. I could actually consider this point of view, you know, and I may not agree with it. Like you were talking about in your Disney argument, like I may never change my mind, but I'm willing to consider it. And so that was, I was confronted a little by that. And then also the like, okay, (laughs) those are the kind of people I want to be around all the time, even if they Uh, think differently. I love that because I just had epiphany, you know, when you do the play or Shakespeare with somebody, it's like you become, you just get bonded. It's like, let's put everybody in the most vulnerable possible situation Yeah, make it insanely difficult. And the only way you are successful is if you all give everything you possibly had have and plead yourself out on stage. And then Mm -hmm. let's put you in situations where we put academic ideas in front of you, controversial opinions, and Mm -hmm. have at each other, right? And and then because Mm -hmm. you have so much love for that person who, like, just basically gave their all on stage and, like, gave everything they could for you, you're willing to listen to them even though you disagree with them. Yeah. And I think that's really unique because... I, you know, my, that's one thing my husband says to me all the time. He's like, I hate how you just automatic default is deep love for everybody. <laughs> like, 
well, mostly with children. Like, <clears throat> I have immense love for children, and I don't know. And maybe it comes from that, and maybe it comes from Shakespeare, and just like seeing the power that can come when you just trust and believe in a child. But um, he's like, you just immensely love kids, and then somehow you always prove me wrong that the kid's worth loving. <laughs> And he's like, but then you also are like super firm on how you, how you, you know, what you believe in your values or those things. It's like, how can you be both? How can you be, um, I had a friend who described it. How can you be, um, velvet on steel? You know, it's like, <laughs> how can you be the soft super thing that then is like on solid, you know? Uh -huh. And I think I love that's that. a really insight that you just like brought up to me. It was like, I really think it comes down to like combine the two, like Shakespeare with doing those harder like yes. key classes and yeah. you know, asking those opinion papers that are like what <laughs> like, mm -hmm. the debates yeah. and then like i was looking at what it's quest now right what was tjyc for me the um cases where you argue on different sides that was huge for me to be you know, like dive so deeply into proving my point. And then there's my best friends on the other side who have dived so deeply into proving the other side, even if it was like to me, quote unquote, wrong or whatever. It was like you re it really made you take a look at people, you know, and opinions and that deep love. So this is like an oxymoron in that way. I find that in all of my leadership training, like ultimately what it comes down to is like training about love and connecting with people and understanding people and seeing a different point of view. And then I've had to work super hard in my marketing to not come across as therapy because I'm like, it's going to be, you're going to be filled with love and you're going to connect with people and it's going to be like the best thing ever. And then kids are like, eh, no, but then I, I just language it. And I'm like, leadership, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, yes. And then they come and then, you know, all they feel all the feelings because like, I think Tati, I love that velvet on steel to me, that what is what a powerful leader is. That's what a solid human being is. Um, Brene Brown says like strong back, soft front, wild heart. And I think that's what leadership education gives you, that ability to have a strong core of this is who I am, this is what I stand for, and also I'm willing, I'm open to seeing and listening to your point of view. And then that wild heart of like, let's go explore something else too. I'm not stuck in the this is how it always has to be. Let's try on some things and you know, put on some plays and <laughs> wear some costumes and like discover different parts of ourselves. I think that's brilliant. It's just the element of love that is so crucial. And as I've been like hearing from more and more veteran TJ Ed parents and teachers and mentors and students, I've come to really like see more of like actually, you know, the whole love of learning. There's so many other aspects of love that are so mm -hmm. integral part of, of leadership education. Yeah. When it really comes down to it, the powerful mentors, I don't remember a single thing that they taught me in my class, but I do yeah. remember <laughs> that they loved me immensely. Yeah. I remember I met my Key of Liberty teacher years later. I was like 22. And was, so 10 years later, it was just randomly in like one of our 
religious places of, of worship. And she just came over and just gave me this huge hug. And I just fell apart and just cried, like totally sobbed. And, and it was like, just because it was like, hey, I haven't seen you forever. She didn't really even continue much more into the Commonwealth after we started things going. Um, so I really only had her a mentor, I think for two years, but she left such a huge, huge impact in my life. Huge. Like mm -hmm. still to this day, I think of her and it's just like, wow. And I don't remember anything she taught me. <laughs> mm hmm Except for, I just remember how much she just like unconditionally loved me. Just, yeah. she loved me so much. And I was a hard kid to love. I was not academically there. I was shy and awkward. It was weird. And mm -hmm. she just loved me. So I really like that you made that connection because that really is, it sounds cheesy. And we sometimes, I think, I know, right? I know. World, we're like, that's lame. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> It's like, it's, it's really not, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's really not. I love that. Now in your work, you work a lot with teens. So mm -hmm. what is one thing that you feel is the, the best way to motivate teens? I know as a, um, mentor, um, I've worked with a lot of teens and motivation. I've worked with a lot of parents who are really concerned about being able to motivate teens today. They're having issues with that. What do you suggest? Um, I'm thinking, I mean, my understanding of motivation is it always 100% comes from yourself. You can never, ever, ever get it from someone else. So what I love about um, Lemmy programs. And then what I implement in all of my camps and programs is experiential learning because when they experience it, they learn it and they never forget it. And then they will go motivate themselves. And it's it, an experience of like, you know, being on stage, I did something, it didn't work. I will never do that again. You know, I learned that you can at me all day long saying, don't do that. But until I have experienced it for myself, I will not be motivated to change. And so, and that doesn't necessarily, it's not like a hundred across the board. Like I'm not saying go experience every single thing in life before you're motivated to not do that or whatever. But I think the reason why um, leadership education and in particular, the way that Lemmy does it and then why I implement it in my programs is that experiential learning when they play, expand, experience things. You know, we role play different things. We role play the constitution. We role play different cases. We role play Shakespeare things. It's the, how does that feel in me? And I want to recreate that. So simulations, yeah, basically like uh, yeah. we do a lot of simulations. Yep. You've already Those mentioned to me are the best motivating things ever. I I hundred percent agree. Like if I'm if I have a child that's not doing something, I just think, okay, what's a the most abstract simulation I could create that would see the make the help the child see that they have to do this, you know? <laughs> so it's like I, I try to be as creative as I possibly can and and think outside the box. And then I think the learning really does come in the debrief where you actually like can yes. point the mirror at yes. them and say. Uh -huh. 
this is what you did. Did you want to do that? Because this is what you're doing every day. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. A hundred, like that right there. I didn't mention the debrief, but 100%. Because, just like I was mentioning earlier with parents, like they can say that whatever that, you know, it's like read this book and the kid might never do it. But then a mentor comes in and says, read this book. And all of a sudden they read that book. When I can, as a speaker on stage, say, hey, this is the way to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or we can do an experience, a simulation, and then have a debrief. And I can say, this is the, like, exactly, here's the mirror. This is how that showed up. Is that how you, what you wanted? And then they, it sticks with them versus the in one ear, out the other as a speaker, the simulating experiences and then the debrief and the asking of powerful questions and the turning it back on them. Like, how was that for you? And where else in life does that show up? That's transformational. I think I just, I'm, re- I'm listening to a book that was recommended for me by sh- by one of our podcasters. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's called um, Bittersweet. And in there, she talks about acceptance therapy. And that it's a newer therapy. I don't know if, if, if you've heard of it before, but it's, um, and I'm not quite sure. I'm like, I haven't done a ton of research on it. But the idea is, is that until you can ex- like 100% accept the reality of what is, you can't change to the reality that you want. Yeah. So I really thought it was pretty insightful because like sometimes painful things happen and then we spend our whole life running yes. away from that pain. Yep. Mm-hmm. But like when you do that simulation, I think the key to making them successful is being able to be like, okay, this is what is. Mm-hmm. How do we change it? But first yes. you have to see what is. You have yep. to see what is. Yes. I had 100%. a percent. I have a highly sensitive child and it's always how she's been. It's from very, very young age. So she can't watch anything scary. And she was at a sleepover with her cousins and they watched a probably not a scary movie, but she can't uh-huh. watch anything. So she's been having nightmares for the last week and she's been really upset and can't sleep and all these things. And so I, I said, okay, you can't change what happened. And we had this like hour long discussion, mostly in the car. I find like, because they can't go anywhere, I can talk to them. <laughs> like, we're in the car and we're talking about it. And, and she's like, I just wish I could go back and change. I want to change and not make that choice. And I'm like, you can't do that. You have to be okay with the choice you made, but you've got mm-hmm. to also learn that you have to set boundaries so you don't have to suffer the pain for making that choice again. Mm-hmm. But without having the wisdom to be the parent of like, oh, we're in a debrief. Let's debrief the situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if I right? have the foresight to be, to be, okay, let's accept the pain and let's mm-hmm. be okay with what happened. Mm-hmm. And then let's assess how we acted let's assess how we want to prove and not act like that again yeah so i really i love that you bring that up that it that those simulations are such more it's so much more powerful for me to say that you know you need to be brave and stand up for yourself i've told her that her whole life but until she has an experience where she feels the pain of not standing Mm -hmm. up for herself it's not going to change yeah and to circle back to the question of how do you motivate teens? I would just say that put them in experiences that could be an experience of service and I'll light them up with something else and having them see some other way of being in life. And I think Tati, the, I've done a lot of work in with Byron Katie's work, which is the loving what is that's her whole premise. And so I think in that, in that, the acceptance of what is, 
I feel that that is where true freedom lies. And once you've accepted that, that to me is like the spark of freedom. And then you can go light a fire and do whatever the heck you want with that. But it it has to come in the acceptance of what is. Yeah. What's her, what's her book again? Loving what is. Loving what is. Okay. Yeah. That's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. She's really phenomenal. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, looking back on your experience, is there one simulation that you remember that that really transformed you? Um, I I asked Tachi that question beforehand. I was like, so there's some I can't even. I mean, I I this is how I spend all my time now is running simulations. So it's hard to differentiate between what was one, where did they come from, you know, like all that kind of thing. But the one that I wrote down was um in quest we did the um the court cases uh we did roe versus wade and that was like to see how passionately people care about something that is so off like to see that i mean i'm going back to the like they're coming from a place of love. Those were my best friends on the other side that were standing up for something that in that moment, I totally disagreed with. And, but I feel like it, that drastically altered who I am as a human being to allow me to understand that people are people. And then I'm going to quote Brene Brown again. What if everyone was doing the best they knew how? Like I know now people stand for stand up for what they do because they care about it not because they're trying to be a horrible human being but because they care about it and it has allowed me to see the humanness in everyone and to even like then turn around and question where i'm coming from and do i have everyone's best interest like just all of that that experience had me realize that people are people and they passionately care about things and if they're coming from a space of caring then we're both coming from the same place and what kind of difference can we make from there that's a very gutsy quest mentor <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i have a that was mentor. again like you know, what was that? 10, 15 years ago. So I would not do that now. I would not do that now, but that was, it was not an issue at the time, but I mean, as big of an issue as it is now, you know, and I'm, I think it's really beautiful and awesome that it is coming. Like, I don't know. It's just so beautiful to me to see the world opening their mindset to different ways of thinking. I do think we need to get to the point of like, in my the more and more I work with people and the more and more polarized I see the world become, the more and more I feel like we're actually not that polarized. We're all yeah, coming right. from the same place. And yeah. so that's what I'm focused on in all we of life. We both want to mitigate pain. I'm yes. just going about it this way and you're going about it this way. Yes. But the both want to stop the pain. How, mm-hmm. how do we stop that pain? Yes. And I don't think either side is willing to admit that that's the objective to mitigate the pain Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and that's to me what yeah that's what leadership education gave me 
is that understanding of the like that's to me what a leader is is someone who cares about the people so it comes down to again this is i know it like always comes to this like you can't say oh i'm i'm a love person or whatever but <laughs> it like leadership is all about love and so that's what all of this education gave me is a better that understanding of human beings yeah. And I think it's when we think of leaders too often, I know our kids, I'm, I'm mentoring at Key of Liberty right now. And when I say leaders, everybody thinks, oh, politicians, where I think mm-hmm. politician, it, it's more statesman. A statesman mm-hmm. comes from it, love, not yeah. from power. Mm-hmm. And understanding that kind of helps. I know with, with my own kids, when I told them, oh yeah, you know, we're going to do this leadership education. When I first found it, my, my, my oldest was like, I don't want to be president. I don't want to be a leader, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yes. no, it's, that's not it. It's, it's that statesmanship of being able to lead from love rather than leading in the search of power and trying to have power over other people. It's, mm-hmm. it's a huge difference that I think, you know, Lemmy and leadership education really teaches in, in a real powerful way. Yeah. And changing power to be like, instead of power over to the power to make a difference, to make change, to cause change. That's beautiful. I really, but the thing that gets me, is like when people are like, oh, I don't want to be a leader. It's like, yeah, but you need to be, you know, like I just finished Laddie. You need to be that little that young man who can hold the wild places for the eight-year-old girl that's what a leader is you know what i mean mm-hmm. like yeah. the laddie laddie is he's a leader because he he has that velvet still he's strong he's he's determined he's out he's mm-hmm. he's you know on his path he knows what he's doing but he's also you know has moments where he can be soft and he can be be loving and he can he can mm-hmm. sh- you know create the fairy world for his little sister you know like i so i think like that's really what people are kind of like leaders to nowadays is like, oh, you're ambitious and you don't care about people and you just want to get to the top. But it's like, that's not what we mean by that. So yeah, it's a different vocabulary shift. Unfortunately, it takes a lot of work to change people's definitions of words culturally. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what we talked about in the beginning. That's what I loved about Shakespeare was opening up to all the different words, like who he was as a person. Like he created thousands of words and what that even means. That's so cool. Like that opened my mind to like, wow, (laughs) that's awesome. So if you had to talk to a parent who was on the fence about leadership education, what would you say to them? Like if, if you're like, oh, I'm thinking about doing leadership education, but I don't know if it's really what we need to do or not. What would you say to them? That's a good question. I'm homeschooled my whole life. I homeschool my children. It's I'm very much of the like, this is the way. <laughs> this so, is the way. <laughs> I like Well, obviously um, they're approaching you because they want to hear your opinion. So mm-hmm. you can be biased. I have been so recently I moved to Arizona 
And, um, we had been living on the road for a while beforehand. And so I did not have a local group, you know, that I knew about. And then the ones that were active were all for the scholar ages. And so I was like, oh, you know, that's, we're not going to join that group because they're all scholars and I have all the love of learning phases. And so I worked on starting my own co-op, which was awesome and beautiful for a little bit. And then we moved, but then I joined this co-op and none of them had the leadership education mindset. It was not coming from that space. It was beautiful. It was awesome. It was amazing. And it felt like something was missing. And then I went and spoke to a Lemmy co-op um, in a different town and my husband brought all of his swords. So he does foam sword fighting. We brought this big kit and we did an activity for their kids. And we had been actively doing this with another co-op, or the one that we were going to. And it was crazy. It was all over the place, like not organized, like just the, all of that. And then when we went and took this to the Lemmy co-op, they were so that Older people were helping the younger people. The little kids were actively involved. The older ones were behind them, pushing them forward. Like you can do this, like down on the ground, mentoring them on how to do things. It was this organized chaos. And I literally turned to my husband and I was like, we're going to do whatever the heck it takes to be here, to be in a co-op like this. And I was like, this is what we want for our children. <laughs> so We've now, we found one that was closer to us and, uh, we went to, we're now, I'm now in a, like a, a co-op that has more of the Lemmy, um, principles and understanding. And I'm going to help. I helped with the auditions for the new Shakespeare class. It was awesome, but literally walking in to co-op the way the moms are engaged, like every single piece of the co-op is led by leadership. Like the, is Everyone is taking responsibility for everything. Everyone is helping each other. There is like this, everything is flowing and moving in this, what looks like chaos, but it is so organized. It is so beautiful. It is so powerful. And my kids had the most amazing, like they're doing, my son walked out of a little house on the prairie class. It was a love of learning. So you're not, a, not any of that, but they were like, so engaged. I was like, there is a, a mom that like spent this amount of time on your class this is so awesome. Like she obviously cares about learning, you know, and cares about leadership and education where you really truly understand you're diving in. It was just, so to answer your question, I would share something like that of like, this is what it's like without it. And this is what it's like with it. So you choose. <laughs> Wow, it brings tears to my eyes. It's true though, because I'm building a commonwealth here, and um, it's just different. It's so different. It's mm -hmm. uh, we we get texts from each other. I get texts weekly from the all the moms involved. Thank you so much. This was what my my child needed. Can't believe mm -hmm. I'm so lucky to be involved with a group of people, and it's and and it's just because like you're right. Everyone's there, picking up the banner everyone yep. knows yes like it yes. isn't just like a drop off or you can't you like no this is like we're all raising the barn every week together and the expectation is there that if you can't if you're struggling or something's happening then yeah we'll step up and we'll help 100%. you 100 like, but it's like it it's like 
I don't know, it's, everyone's involved and, and it's, it's a really beautiful thing to be a part of and it's super amazing and it's so cool that you've had that experience between the difference and stuff and can see that. Well, that's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on here. We're super excited to start getting this podcast out for everybody and, and hopefully they'll be inspired by your amazing journey. So if people wanted to like bring you to their Commonwealth or, or send their kids to you, like how would they find you? They can go to youthforfreedom.org. That's where all of my programs are located. They can contact me there. I do speaking engagements. I was just in Iowa actually last week coaching a business. That was awesome to like me, my little homeschool self (laughs) was out there coaching a business of like a hundred employees. I was like, you know, I was homeschooled, right? I mean, I didn't say that obviously, but that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, (laughs) wait, I was homeschooled. (laughs) So yes. Um, so youthforfreedom.org and, um, my passion is with the teenagers because that's the place that made the biggest difference in my life. I was seen and valued. It was me being in Shakespeare and being cast for a role. I never, ever, ever would have put myself in that changed my whole life. And I was seen for something else. So I am committed to giving that experience to teens. I run summer camps and leadership programs. I'm high focused on the leadership aspect in every area of life. And so that's my passion is creating that experience, seeing them for the leader they are. Um, they already are. That's beautiful. Go check out Aubrey's um, website, check out her stuff. And um, this has been awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Aubrey. <laughs> you are welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired, but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.